You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Well, here we are at the Manly Yachting Club, and we're at Vision Sunday 2019. I've been thinking a lot about the release that results when we understand our here now, because right in this moment is possibly the most important moment I could live. You say, what do you mean? Well, it's like any race. The importance of a great start and then, of course, focus right up until the finish line is what makes an outcome. I think there's more to it. I think ultimately every race is determined by mastering the middle. I don't want to bring up a bad memory, but America's Cup 2013, Team New Zealand are in the final with Oracle. And can you imagine them? Eight one up, only to lose in the end, eight nine. Obviously, we were all asking why. Well, one of the things that happened is there was a lay day where it was a no race day and Jimmy Spittle, the captain of Oracle, added a postponement card that gave their team 48 hours to readjust the boat so they could foil upwind. And also they made a decision to replace the tactician. It's an amazing thing. I think often our tactician is our past residue or maybe even a dream of tomorrow rather than our now. It was after those two days that Spittle at conference said, you know what, I think the question needs to be, imagine if the Kiwis lost from here. What an upset would that be? He went on to say, we feel like we've got as much a chance of winning as they do. In fact, we can do this. He was living his here now. It was in the press conference after we lost that Dean Barker, the captain of Team New Zealand, he said, as I look back over these last two weeks, the gains that Oracle made were phenomenal. Probably they were behind by such a degree, but they showed so much heart. They were facing down the barrel of a gun and listen to what he said. He says, they didn't even flinch. Every one of us are prone to give in to the power of the unexpected challenges, to live in the past or live according to the distractions that come every day. And we've got to develop endurance and perseverance. I fully believe that future outcomes are the result of our today choices, our here, now. And we all have the authority to activate our now. Paul writes, and he says, you know what? God has given me grace. It's in 2 Corinthians 6. And he says, I have learned to live the accepted day called now. I've heard this often said that the best is yet to come. And that's true, we've got a great future, but that will never be our reality if we don't live our here now. It's our present day choices that make a difference, both to what we've been through and where we're going. You see, here now is our in the moment responsibility. For all of us, life happens either by being a spectator, watching the race from the shore or being in the boat I think the difference between the two is when you're just on the shore, it's easy to be an expert. You can even have the right paraphernalia on. It can be your team, your country. But when the win takes place, it's not really you who wins, 
it's those that are in the race. And I think for all of us, that when we are in the race, we begin to realize life has purpose and life has mission. Here in 2019, our dream is that every one of us will become somebody joining the race, becoming a part of the team. Because I do believe that significant life echoes are created by someone's active response. I'll never forget, as long as I live as a teenager, reading 1 Corinthians 9, where Paul the Apostle writes, he says, don't you understand that those who run in a race, they all run? In other words, you can think like you're living a Christian life, but unless you're on the track, unless you're on the water in the boat, unless you are giving it everything, you never receive the prize. He then says, let's all run in such a way that we can get that price. Let's live our here now. Let's live an active responsibility. He goes on and he says, because everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And we are living for something that's imperishable. So therefore, like Paul says, let's not run or sail with uncertainty. Let's give it everything. It's like any sport. When you go sailing, yes, you need this great start and have a great finish. But you're always looking out on the water for dirty air. What that is, is air that's been stirred up by a puff of wind and that's gonna accelerate your speed forward. The challenge for some of us is we're living in reaction rather than response-able living. We're still living in the past or maybe we're just thinking about the future all the time. Maybe we're making a lot of noise from the shore, but God wants us to hold a trophy, to have a life that's well done. Many of us would have heard this quote that the opportunity of a lifetime exists within the lifetime of that opportunity. What I mean by that is we've got to live our now. A guy that was in my world uh, found Christ, had come out of, again, a, a very sad background where he had been very broken. But uh, the story goes on how in a weak moment, he went back to his old lifestyle and in fact, he contracted HIV. Well, I'll never forget the last moments of his life where he said, Pastor Paul, he says, I love God with all my heart, but I felt the pull of my past. And in one night I gave in and now I'm facing the end of my life. And I just looked at him and I said, yes, it's not over. God's got you. But it's an amazing thing. It's a stark reality. If we don't live out here now well, we can sabotage so much of what God has promised for us to experience. Today, I want to encourage you, don't just do life as an observer, be a participant. And today we have with us someone who knows what it is to be a participant, even in the America's Cup. Well, here we are, we're at the uh, Open Vic 2019 World Championships. And boy, what an honor to have Sir Russell Coots with me today. Uh, seriously, one of the great yachtsmen of the world. I've got to say that and just inspired by everything you've done. You've uh, got a gold medal at the Olympics. What is it? Five times America's Cup. And then, of course, CEO of Oracle on the last three of the America's Cups, of which you won two. Yeah. I mean, when you look back on that, do you kind of go, yep, 
we did it, but boy, it took something to get there, or what's your feeling about that? Oh, definitely. You know, well, first of all, the camaraderie and the teamwork is, is amazing in those, yeah. in those situations, but, but also the amount of work and effort that goes in from all sorts of people, you know, and, and I think every part of that machine is, is, is vital in a way. I find that sometimes a little bit is people look at those that achieve significant things and go, well, you know, they've just got something special that I haven't got. But to be a professional yachtsman, it really does mean you got to be all in, surely. Everything, um, every success, I think, you know, sure, there's a, there, there needs to be a little bit of, um, call, it, call it luck or good fortune that, that's connected, but um, it's hard work. It's, I think it's hard, it requires hard work, it requires discipline. Having the right people, the right chemistry, and, and not the same chemistry. It's so much more powerful if you have a, a variety of, of, of um, skills involved, and of course you get different opinions and so forth, and through some robust discussion, you can, you can usually come at a, a, a good answer. You know, if we back the truck up to 2013, yeah. San Francisco, how did you feel as the CEO of Team Oracle when you were 8-1 down. I mean, tell us a little bit about what you needed to do in that here now. First of all, you, you, you go through a school of hard knocks, and, and that school is, is very instructive, actually. And secondly, you don't get there if you give up. You know, you really have to develop this mentality where um, no matter what, you know, you're always looking for constant improvement. Yep. And that, by definition, means that you're never going to, you're never perfect. You're always making mistakes. Mistakes, I think, are a good thing, provided you learn by them and then and then grow with that. And that process of never giving up when things are when things are challenging, there is there are always solutions. And it's a matter of what pathway you choose and how you respond in a in a, in a situation of, of crisis that really matters. For the team, Oracle, I mean, what was the feeling in the camp? Was there a buy-in to we can find an answer to this? Look, I, I, actually, in truth, I'm not sure. Yeah. Many of us believed that we would win at that stage, right. but we wanted to improve. It's this, yeah. it's this attitude of, look, we can't finish this by giving up. Awesome. We can't finish this by um, not doing our absolute best. If we do our best and it doesn't work out, that's, that's life. Yeah. But I've seen so many people waste their talent. They don't make it because they really don't give that extra commitment, the work ethic that, that, that you need to have to, to get anywhere, you know, and make it fun. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's, that's the key. That's a great balance and a great approach. I mean, uh, maybe bringing it, bringing it to a close. Greatest challenge? Have you got a greatest challenge? Lots of challenging times. I mean, certainly the, 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 when you were eight, when we were eight and down, that was one of them. Um, but lots of others too. Lots of times when you've really got to make a decision on behalf of the team, you know you're going to not make somebody happy yeah. in, in doing that, but you know you have to make it, otherwise the team doesn't work. You know, looking back, what would you, not just the victory, but your, your greatest moment, what would that be? Is it passing on to others? What, what would it be? I'm still having a lot of fun now, yeah. of course, you know, with uh, even with these junior programs, yeah. I, I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction seeing kids grow through that. You know, we had one young girl a few years ago that I, I honestly didn't think that she would make it through. She was so so scared of the water. Yeah. That I didn't think, and I and I started off thinking, oh, all kids are 
coachable. And I probably have gone back to that now. But, <laughs> but in this particular instance, I, I really thought, well, yeah. this, is, I, may I, I, this may not work. Yeah. You know? But there's another lesson of not giving up. Yep. And, she, and she's now incredibly confident, incredibly passionate about it. And you think, wow, what a, what a life-changing moment. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, Sir Russell, on behalf of all of us Kiwis, but globally, thank you for being you. Thank you for caring, and I just love the way that you continue to invest and live each moment and just believe in people. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Paul. All yeah. right, mate. Good yeah. on you. Thank you. Thank you. So we thought today, Barry, who's with me here, he's an expert sailor, and he's going to take me to the edge and say, if you're going to do it, let's do it. These are perfect conditions, you know, fresh to frightening. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people talk about what they want to do, but this is the year. Let's live the here now. one of the best hour and a half that I've had for a long time. I'm hanging on. And then I nearly went over at one stage and then he's yelling all these sailing terms and I'm thinking, well, just pull it in. Is that what you mean? He keeps saying, lean back, I'm gonna break my bum. Obviously, he's a world-class sailor, but it's like every moment is different and you gotta read the moment. It's just phenomenal. And then just the shifts of it's again, like he says, dirty water, sailors are looking for dirty water. You get the dirty water and it just accelerates. And it was just amazing. Wow, so much happening and so much taking place. But it seriously comes back that significance begins as a seed. Uh, Galatians 6, Paul writes, he says, Don't be deceived. Realize God has never mocked whatever you sow, whatever you activate in the now, you will reap. And then he goes on, don't get weary in well-doing. Just keep activating your here now. See, tomorrow's lie is... It will all be different when. Or sometimes yesterday's hold can be, you are what you have done. No, today. Today is a day where we can activate significance. The dictionary says that significance is a quality that is worthy of giving attention. It's the importance of living in the race, captivating the moment, and to do it well, yes, we need to enter the race. We need to have the right equipment. We need to have a great support crew. But most importantly, we've got to live our here now moment. I think it was last year I was touching on significance at the men's conference and I talked about you've got to live the real you. Uh, literally, knowing that you can live where you're at and when you master today, tomorrow will naturally unfold. My journey, however, particularly in my early years, was that I was so trapped by what other people thought. I always tried to be something different to my here now. Oscar Wilde, who is an incredible playwright, Irish poet, said this, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And my point is, let's be the real us. Let's realize that God can handle it. And as we live our moment well, 
We're going to stand on the shoulders of yesterday, but not be ruled by it. We're going to unlock the power of tomorrow by just seeing and being in the moment. Stop allowing everything else to dominate and be in that moment. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes again, he says, I'm the least of all the apostles, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. In other words, I'm not what I've done in the past. I am the real me. Can I encourage you today? Live the real you, and then you'll live the legacy you. In other words, you're gonna have an incredible amount of significance because every seed you have now, you're gonna invest. And I love the thought that this year, as all of us get on the field, all of us commit to creating an echo we're gonna see amazing things happen. I've heard it said that the best is yet to come. Again, let me just say, that's possibly true, but my best is here now. As I said, futures were meant to be believed in, but today is where our most significant seasons are. We are living our here now. So amazing. I think I'm still shaking from that uh, ride with Barry, Tom. What a moment and great to be connecting and linking with North and of course South on our Vision Sunday. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that you are in our now, that you're the God of greatness, you're the God before time, you're the God beyond time, but you live with our now. And we just pray as we come together as a church and talk about the year ahead and the season that we're in, that you would just lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. I haven't been able to stop thinking about these words that have come to me over the last week, which is get ready. We just had a staff retreat and I was saying to the staff, let's get ready. I think if you've been a part of life over the last 27 years, you'll know that God has always done super abundant things. And yet I feel like there is a stirring on in my spirit that this season is going to be like no other season. Uh, You go through history and you read the accounts where God stepped in. There was a time where Moses, who had led Israel through so much, died. And Joshua was the next in line. And so he was getting ready to lead the people. And God says to Joshua these words, he said, you realize that Moses, my servant, is dead. I I think it's interesting for many of us, we go through seasons where things happen that we didn't expect to happen and something dies that shouldn't have died. And it's kind of like we can get caught up in the sense of grief. And yet God was saying, he's dead. Come on, Joshua, I want you now. Not tomorrow. I want you now to arise and I want you to go over this Jordan straight away. Joshua and his leadership was presented a challenge. A a, a group of water that said, hey, it's going to be too hard. We need to go back. Maybe they are right. Maybe we should go back to Egypt. And it was no, 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 no. You're going to realize verse three, that every place that the sole of your foot steps upon, The now moment, not just another day, not just another season. You're going to bring authority to now. 
and I will give you or I've already given you what you take authority over. And I feel like as a church, you know, we've never been a church that just has to come up with a whole list of new things every year because we're on a mission. We're on a, a God assignment. We're on a God appointment for a future that incredibly God has been saying, saying to me, Paul, you just got to get ready because you, you think the big things have happened. Again, the miracles of North and South and Melbourne and Central and, and it's kind of like, but, but get ready because this, this is just a platform. Oh, I want to stir those in life that are a part of that. And some of the things I feel that God is putting in my spirit is this, the, the need for all of us to stop and consider the depth of what we have been entrusted with. It's kind of like God's saying, you realize I've been trusted to you something so much more than what your natural ability has to be able to work through. And I'm challenging you to continue to say yes, to speak to the opportunities within the challenge. Because this is the season and I feel because that's us as the church, if you're a part of life, it's the same for you. It's kind of like, how do you look at the challenge? Are you speaking to it with a kind of a stamp of authority or is it just a toe touch? And God is saying, come on, realize we, we are here. Michael Maiden last weekend, if you missed him, who's a, who's a global prophet like I've never seen. We had a staff retreat where he read mail time after time. It's just like detail of God's specific input. And this is what he said to us as a church. You realize that you are fulfilling a, a, an assignment to the nation. Well, I like coming to life because there's new buildings up north and south and central. Man, I just, can't, I just can't get over the kids area. Awesome to have. It's always been in the dream. But actually, it's not about the comfort we can have. Thank God for good coffee. And everybody said... No, it's, it's actually, that's to be enjoyed, but we've got a, a national assignment. This is not a life building in central and north, south, the same. This is a kingdom building that is beginning to reflect what we all carry. And God's saying, do you realize what day you're in? Or have you allowed the past, come on, to control and dominate as we've suggested? Dr. Michael talked about we're a breakthrough church. We're a curse-breaking church. Those things that have been generational. We're a generational house. Uh, interesting, just a month or two ago, they told me that if you look at the age brackets of those that are a part of life, it's a perfect split. If you go globally, that doesn't happen in church. You're either young or you're old. You're either sleepy or you're alive. You're... And you look and it's like, well, God, you, you're doing something. And then he said, hey, by the way, Paul, God's saying to you, my son, I'm going to give everything to you that you have in your heart. And obviously that's linked to, is it a God thing? But I just want to stir our church up this year ahead. Realize what God is doing. Realize what we've been entrusted with. Second thought is that we need a greater focus on on-ramps and the bringing culture. It's so easy as a Christian to get comfortable. Well, this is my church and I love it. It's like, but around us, there are people we work with, people we have hobbies with, people that we live next to, people we bump into, 
People have said to me over the years, well, why is Jesus delaying His coming? Well, we know from Scripture that the Father makes the decision. And I am absolutely convinced that the Father's heart is breaking for people we're not bringing. It's like, well, no, no, no. The Bible says that if we don't receive Jesus as Saviour, every human being goes to a godless eternity. Life does not stop at death. Well, that's not kosher to preach like that. That's Bible. And there's a stirring we, we get so used to. And, and you're going to hear my heart, come on, for each campus, because it's like, we're going to realise the Father's saying, not yet, not yet. There's still more of my kids that I want to see come home to know me, to discover me. I, I need them, but my mouthpiece are my children. And, and, and that's why we have things like sisterhood nights or conferences that are, are there like the man conference or we have Easter, we have Christmas so that we can think about those we're connected with. What would be best for them? To come into an environment where they'll sense and feel God and know that there is something more than what they've experienced. You know, our 2020 vision, I think as a church, I, I, I'm encouraging you again this year, we're two years out from the end of 2020. I think there needs to be a collective declaration of what our 2020 vision is. Oh, well, I don't know if we'll ever get there. That's not the right kind of speech. It's like, well, this is impossible. It doesn't matter. God's the God of the impossible. And, and I think we, we need to just bring it up and you go, well, what, what is it? You can go online, read the full 2020 vision, but we're, we're believing we'll be a strong 20,000 person church that would have at least 2,000 People with a leadership gift that, that will help motivate others into their God call. And you go, well, why, you, why would you want a 20,000 church? Because we have a passion not about bigness of church, but about the authority of church, which is whether you love the church or you despise the church, you can't sidestep her. So the enemy wants to keep the kingdom small, wants to keep you small and me small so that we don't ever display the glory of God. That's why we have four focuses. Not only that, a collective declaration of our 2020 vision, which is to commit $20 million worth of community impact each year. I don't know if ever a church has done that. I don't know globally. But I know God's saying, that's it. It's two years away. Why? Because there's a need in people and they need to know there is a God and people that care about them and lift value to them and... That's why we're believing that we'll see our three Auckland campuses debt-free so that we can be set up to bring that level of community impact. And by the way, Dr. Michael Maiden just said, not knowing it all, you know what? The miracle you need for the building will happen in its time, in the time allotted by the end of 2020. Well, how's that going to happen? That's why you're here. Maybe you're visiting today and you're a multi-millionaire. You're in the best day. Come on. You say, oh, what's that all about? Well, why would you have it in the bank and just going into investment if it's not bringing a kingdom return? I was, I was at a church in America uh, in January on my way through to Pastor Steve Kelly's 20th anniversary. And uh, one of the pastors said, we had a, a great miracle happen a couple of weeks ago. One of our business people, he's in oil, uh, wanted a, a meeting with our senior pastor, who, by the way, is 82. And he said, uh, I've got an envelope for you, pastor. And he said, oh, thank you. He said, oh, it might be a good idea to open it. 
So he opened it up and inside the envelope was a check for 100 million US dollars, which is about 500 million New Zealand dollars. I think I heard that story just to remind me that money's not the issue. Come on, it's a believing heart. God is going to bring in hundreds of millions of dollars into New Zealand to touch people in need from all over the planet. And God's already getting hearts ready to know what it's going to take. And if you're going to be a part of this vision, you've got to start getting big thinking and big hearts. It's not about controlling people and squeezing money out of people. No, it's living the God purpose. We're going to lift our intensity around prayer and worship, fasting. In fact, tomorrow we start fasting, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I'm going to ask the hosts right now on each of the campuses to come down because I want to give to everybody this little booklet, which is a 30 days to hear and respond booklet. And inside it is a capacity to write every day what God is saying to you. We're going to take 30 days to really say, God, I, I need you to speak to me about my personal life, about the current challenges I'm in, about my future, all the things that you need to speak. In fact, in the front cover as you receive this, just pass them down the rows. There's a, there's a place where you can put what you are going to be fasting from over Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And it should not be new. We've let people know this is coming. We're doing it three times this year. Three lots of three days. And for many of us, we're going to fast and just have water for three days and just you say, well, what does fasting do? It, it, it down-tunes the natural. It up-tunes the supernatural. It gives you clarity. It, it shows you where your heart really is. And I'm asking our church, whatever it takes, you, you do what you feel to do, but do something that costs you to tell the natural man that it's not going to control you. Come on, that God's word. It's not very noisy in here at Central, but hopefully the other campuses are saying Amen. So I'd encourage you to take that and before the day's out to write what you are going to be fasting. And then, of course, the next three nights, Monday night at North, 7.30 to 8.30, we've got a prayer meeting. Tuesday night at South, 7.30 to 8.30. And then here at Central, 7.30 to 8.30. In fact, in Melbourne, they're doing it all three nights. And I'd encourage our church, if you can make it, make it Monday night North and make it uh, Tuesday night South and here on Wednesday night. And, and for parents, bring your kids. We don't realize that it's encounters with God that keep them in their tough years. And uh, I just want our church just to not turn up for what feeds you, but build, come on, the nation. Build through a spirit of praying and fasting. And by the way, with that, we're going to add this year on a Sunday night, five revival nights. All campuses, we're just going to have a revival night. We're just going to have a night where we're believing heaven to absolutely open and we're going to be praying and worshiping. It's just going to be really a major focus. And we feel to do that as we lift the fervor. We're going to have more prayer groups. We've got people praying before services, during services, after services, prayer walks taking place. You can find out all about the information because as we pray, how many know the devil, the enemy gets pushed back? And so it's going to take something. You, you, you don't take out the army army without preparing for war and giving your best to that. We're going to, uh, again, lift, continue to lift Life Leadership College. And uh, we, we see it turning into Dr. Michael Maiden, again, prophesied three major streams uh, that will be in that college. I, I already have a piece as to what they are. And they are a ministry school. They're going to be a business school and they're going to be a community school. So whatever you call, if you're bought, uh, called to business, you'll go and be able to do your degrees as time unwinds, but you'll have a biblical ministry base 
to the why of where, where people are going to come globally. I saw planes coming in when he was talking about it, where people will come and do their degrees here because they know they've got the God as a base. And we're going to start building towards that. Not only that, we're introducing a night school in term two with a whole range of courses that you can upskill in areas that you feel like you want to. Life TV expansion. Already we're reaching more than 100,000 people per month. We're now up in the islands. We're just going to see that impact continue to grow and to develop because we want to reach people through that medium. We're going to continue to lift the value of God's house. Here at Life, church is not a thing you just rock up when it fits. Church is the expression of God's kingdom here on earth. The enemy's been against that since the beginning of time, but I just want to say, come on, church, let's let's lift the value once you start bringing value to God's house other people are going what are you doing just say that for me is one of the reasons I live because I understand it get planted in the house the fruitfulness of God comes on your life and on your children's children and again in life let me just say this if you're feeling new we, we you'll know we don't take up offerings in the service because I hate any sense of manipulation however a lot of people need continual inspiration why? Because they don't carry revelation. And you just got to settle the fact that, come on, we return what belongs to God to his house. That's how we build the house. That's God's strategy. And then we're in possession of seed that we can bless others with and do more. And I just want to encourage you and say, well, why? You know, why do we need to do that? Because it takes material things to bring God's kingdom here on planet Earth. Melbourne, they're going to 2 a.m. services, which is pretty exciting. Uh, through South, we're strategizing more and more about this community reach that's already happening, how we can de develop and multiply that. Uh, up at North, you'll be very happy. We've got the air conditioning running. And uh, so good. And it's only stage one. They're still working on it, of course, still to be refined, but we're up and underway. The other thing with North, as you know, we're growing, running out of space. Well, we also, in the middle of building Central, uh, the property next door, as you know, Plan B came up for sale and we couldn't afford it, but we just said yes. Because you need room for growth. So we bought that and uh, we've got somebody's initial drawings on what we could do on, that two, uh, on those two sites. We could build an auditorium that could seat up to around 900 people with childcare facilities and proper kids' room and foyer that's a lot like Central and South, that you've got room to move around. And uh, that's just an initial concept that'll have a lot of uh, churning over. But that's something that's sitting there that we need to do. And again, that's what happens when we all join together with the Spirit for God's house. Are you excited? And uh, it's pretty cool. Here in Central, by the way, we, we are really working on a connection environment, which is already underway, but we want to keep building that and get so many new people that are coming in to it. We're going to rebirth our acoustic service on the beginning of May in our 9, p, 9 a.m. service, and it's going to run concurrently with this service here at 9 a.m., and we will, again, the, the ministry will go straight onto the screen. But, again, if you find the, loud, the lights or the hearing uh, something you can't handle. Well, it's going to have more of reflective worship, but it's going to have the same spirit. And uh, again, you can come with your friends, have a coffee, go to the different services, meet up afterwards. It's just going to work. So that's at nine o'clock. And ultimately, we will look wherever there's a need to house God's people the best way we can do that. We're going to increase our community reach. Come on, somebody get excited. It's like, what's the point of saying God loves you? 
Come on. If love doesn't have an expression. And I feel like we're mandated as a church. In fact, we have committed as a team to increase our amount of community impact this year to $9.1 million. And you just look at that and you go, well, how does that all happen? Well, God is going to have to help us. I, I feel like God is saying, and one of the things we're, we're working hard on right now is to start an events company where all our facilities will be facilities where there is space for the community to use them. And can I say this, and this may upset a very small minority. This building is the house of God, but it's only a building. It is God's house because God's spirit is in it. And I am very committed. I feel moved that we will be opening our doors to the community. Whatever the community may look like, we are definitely uncompromised in who we are and what we stand for and what we believe. But I feel one of the strategies that God has is a lot of people have got this wrong sense about the church that to come in and hire the church wherever they can and for them to intersect with the spirit of how this place operates and who it is could be one of those things that causes God's process to begin to work. And so we're going to look at how we do that. And this will always be, our church will always be a place for all people. And yet we live with an uncompromised biblical view. And if that offends, that offends. But we're going to keep on finding ways to reach people and tangible expressions. Uh, the team and community have done a bit of a work and they reckon we will impact more than 315,000 people this year through our community home. We'll be partnering with 675 community organizations. We've got more already, more than 3,800 volunteers that we're committing to see activated this year. And our Christmas boxes, which last year we packed 21,000, that was our 2020 goal, which was 20,000. We've made a commitment that this Christmas, we believe we can do it, is we're going to ramp up Christmas box to 30,000 across Melbourne and here in New Zealand. Come on, give God a hand for that. And Again, the phenomenon is soup kitchens. Every week we're feeding people. We're going from four to five soup kitchens and looking to start one out west and, you know, just believing that God, and there is here now moments everywhere. And I just say the day for kind of having your toe in the water is not the day that God's calling us to do. Kind of a little hesitant, but in my spirit, for many years, I've always had a sense that God is going to cause us to go into the media arena. And I'm, I'm saying today that by 2020, we're going to be well underway with a feature film. And it's not going to be one of those Christian feature films. It's going to be a, a feature film around something that is key to society that society's lost done in such a way that you, you don't know what angle this is coming from, but it's going to give you the highs and the lows of huge emotional swing with a storyline that God's going to put on the table for us. And I believe that people are going to leave those theaters going, wow, I never thought about that. Come on. And it's going to take those kind of people coming together with that kind of spirit because how many know the media is directing the mindsets of humanity today? And it's kind of like, we don't have to react to that, but we need to come with something that God can breathe upon. I got so much in me. 
Just don't come and touch me because you'll get some of it. I haven't even told any of the team. I want to start something this year called Adopt a Grandparent. Forget about adopting kids, adopting. No, that's good to do too. But how many older people do we have that have got time? And how many younger people or young parents do we have that say, if I only had a granddad or a grandma? And then people say, yeah, but how would all that work? We might have a database of, I don't know how many potential grandies. And then you can bring them over and have dinner and have time before you decide whether it's going to work for your family. But wouldn't that be awesome? All right, I'm excited about it anyway. Come on, team, come and join me. But this is my heart. I mean, I could give you the details of so many areas where so much more is going to be happening. But I felt, and I'm, I'm one of those, I've got to hear from God. When I hear from God, I'll be as bold as a lion. This year is about your here now. Yeah, well, one day, Pastor, I want to do this. Yeah, that's cool. I'd say 90% of those people that say that to me never do it. Others go, yeah, but if I didn't have to go through what I went through, man, it would have been so different. I want you to just uh, really phone, uh, zone in. This is one thing I want you to hear, or a couple of things. Tomorrow is not our current reality. Have a great dream, but it's not your reality. The Bible says God doesn't promise you tomorrow. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. In other words, it's great to have a dream, but we too often get enamored with a possibility rather than realize it's the shift, it's the, the moments in the middle. Not only is tomorrow not our current reality, yesterday no longer exists. Hear me. How much condemnation are you still carrying? How much shame? How much? Oh, it can't be changed. I, I looked last night at a one minute clip. I'll just show it from the Lion King. And it's Simba if you know the lion king, decides to stop running away. Because you see, his dad had died and dirty uncle Scar tried to load him with all the guilt. Let's have a look on the screen. What was that? <laughs> the weather. <laughs> Very peculiar. Don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, uh, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First... I'm gonna take your stick. No, 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 not your stick. Hey, where are you going? I'm going back. Good, go on, get out of here. 
I thought it was funny. Your past don't matter. It no longer exists. Today, however, that determines tomorrow's destiny. And I feel like heaven's saying, you realise how short time is, guys? All of the stuff that you keep worrying about is really, it's important, but not as important as today. Today is where the miracles are created. Today is where destinies spring forth. Today is where everything begins to change. But yeah, but I keep seeing the past. Or I've been told if I keep looking at the future strong enough and keep it focused, it'll be okay. And I'm here to say, no, I think it's here now. Yeah, but it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But even in the toughest here now, if you respond fully, you're already getting the future ready for what you've always wanted. These three words came to me again as I was preparing for this morning, and I'll finish with them. Engagement, bigness, and faith. As I said, the best is yet to come, maybe. Depends on you here now. See, that here now response, it's costly, but it's worth it. You've got to engage. When I broke my femur, car accident was completely snapped. And they put a rod through my, the ball of my hip and straight through almost to my knee. I'll never forget the here now moment after eight days when already the muscle had wasted away because there was no here now movement. And the dirty physio came in to create pain. I didn't believe I could do it, but the slightest movement was imperative to create a whole leg in the future. Here now. Come on, are you going to get engaged? Oh, it'll happen. No, no, no. Do not say, said Jesus. There are four months and it'll all be different, but lift up your eyes. Fields are already white unto harvest. Here now. Bigness. Big enough to face the stuff that you keep shutting the door on. Big enough to get honest with God and say, God, I stuffed up. Or big enough to forgive somebody who's not worthy of forgiveness because of the pain. Big enough to go back to your hometown not think it's going to start because you find a new town and just deal with the stuff. I think it's time for us all to leave the stands and get onto the field. And faith. You know, faith is an incredible thing. Faith positions me in God's equation. It's not about bringing God into mine. It's about me getting into His. And I think, again, human security, this is a whole message, I'll do it one day, resists kingdom surrender. You can't have security and surrender. You can't have human security with kingdom surrender. That's faith. And I'm just saying, come on, let's be men and women. What will we see? So much. I shared this at the leaders weekend. We will be entrusted with what we are ready for. 
God's just saying, are you ready? You've been ready to say yes to facilities and taking huge steps financially, still needing miracles. You've been ready, but are you ready, Paul? And I go, I hope I am. And I'm going to be committed to be that. Look this way. Come on, everybody in the room. You see, you may be eight one down. If you were honest. But I'm here to tell you today, you are more than you think you are. You are more able than you think you are able. And it's in the activation of your step now that godly confidence breaks through. Tomorrow's lie, we've heard it, says it'll all be different when that happens. And yesterday's hold is, well, you are what you have done. I'm here to tell you, none of those are right. It's your here now. That is the platform for God's greatness. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.